Welcome to Biblical Truth Made Simple. Have you ever heard something so outrageous you didn't think it could be true? You just couldn't comprehend that something like that could happen? So is the case with the apostles in Luke chapter 18. Jesus once again tells of his coming death and they just can't comprehend that. While we can, because we have the whole picture, there are lessons for us to learn in these verses. So join us in Luke chapter 18. Me and my wife were on a trip returning back to the hotel in Las Vegas after visiting the Grand Canyon. As we drove down the road, I caught the glimpse of a police car hiding with his radar gun trying to catch people as they came speeding down this particular road. I commented to my wife, Do you see that police car? To which she answered, What purple cow? <laughs> I then pointed out what I had really said and we laughed about this for days and still laugh about it today. There's definitely a difference between hearing something and listening. What we hear is often not what is being said. This happens for many reasons. As we grow old, we start losing our hearing a little bit. Sometimes we're just not paying attention. And there are times that what is being said sounds so outrageous, it either doesn't register with us or we just can't comprehend it. Perhaps this is the case in Luke chapter 18. Luke 18, verses 31 through 34. And taking the twelve, he said to them, See, we're going up to Jerusalem, and everything that was written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. What's interesting here is this is the third time in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus predicts his own death and resurrection. Luke 9, verse 21, And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Again, in chapter 9, starting in verse 43, he says, and all were astonished by the majesty of God. But while they were all marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, Let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. This time in chapter 18 is the only time he goes into detail about what might occur and refers to the prophecies of the Old Testament. Perhaps it is hard for us to see how they could have missed such an obvious thing but we have to understand that unlike the apostles, we have the whole picture. But they understood none of these things. Well, let's take a moment and slip into the sandals of the apostles following Jesus. What were the expectations of the Messiah? To most of the people of Israel, the expectation was that this Messiah would come, push the Romans out, and rule his kingdom, Israel. In fact, he would rule the rest of the world. They believed they would bring political and spiritual redemption to the people of Israel and the world around them. Ultimately, the Messiah will establish Israel as the center of all world government, rebuild the temple, and restore the religious system of Israel and Jewish law over all the land. This was the expectation of your average Jew, and this was the expectation of our apostles. To even consider the thought that Jesus would be put to death would have shattered their understanding. How could this Messiah, appointed by God, be killed by mere men? You know, we often do the same thing. 
There are things in Scripture that are hard to grasp or convicting to our hearts, so we just pass them on by. We ignore the reality before us because we do not want to accept what is real. It's always easier to ignore the things that make us uncomfortable than to confront them. Confessing our sins makes us uncomfortable, so we ignore such passages as Colossians 3, verses 5 and 6, which says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion and desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On the count of these, the wrath of God is coming. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawness. Sin is lawlessness. 1 John 3 and 4, Isaiah 64, 6. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like polluted garments. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. So the truth is right in front of us. We can see it, we can read it, yet we don't see it because we don't want to see it. The truth was in front of the disciples. Jesus had told them three times that he was going to be taken to men, he was going to be tortured, and he was going to die. He also told them three times that he would rise on the third day. The truth was right in front of him, yet they did not see it. These saying, This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was being said. Another explanation for the apostles' lack of understanding is seen here. Some commentators say that God, with held their ability to understand because they were not ready to accept the truth. One commentator said, perhaps God did not open her eyes to this truth because they couldn't handle it yet. If they really knew what would happen to Jesus and how different it would be than their own conceptions of riding the coattails of the Messiah to glory, they might have given up right then and there. Imagine. Imagine if you knew God's plans for your life. Imagine if you knew the suffering and the trials you would endure to the smallest detail. That would make anyone give up and stay in bed. God sometimes holds stuff from us because he knows what is best for us. He knows we would not understand. He knows that there is a purpose in everything he does even when we do not see that purpose. To trust in his sovereignty completely is to live in peace. We may not always understand what God is doing, but we must understand that he is doing it for his glory and our good. That trust takes time to develop. It takes devotion to his word and time for our faith to grow. The apostles had yet not grown to that point. They weren't ready to understand what was going on. Very often our own faith grows only in times of trouble, not in times of peace and contentment. The apostles were pretty content at this point, recognizing they were following the Messiah. They thought things were probably going to be going in the right direction, and to suddenly pull that rug out from underneath them would have been catastrophic. The apostles were not ready in their faith to know what God was going to do, and God understood that. Having the whole picture that we have today, what can we learn from these passages to build up our faith and apply to our lives today? We can learn to face our fears without hesitation. And taking the twelve, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. Jesus knew what awaited him in Jerusalem, yet was without fear and hesitation to go. 
There's actually a word here that we glance over very quickly when he says, see, we are going to Jerusalem. You know, there are times we are going to be afraid and we are going to move with trepidation and doubt. We all have or will have Jerusalems in our lives. You see, the apostles were going with him. And after he died on the cross and they were left alone, they faced troubles themselves. And we all have and will have that same Jerusalem in our lives. And the best news that we can receive is that we do not face them alone, but our Savior is with us through it all. Jesus went to Jerusalem so that he would ne- we would never be alone. In our sin, we are separated from the protection and the love of God. It is only through Jesus and that relationship with him that our relationship with God is mended and we can once again have a right to walk with God, to be called his children, and to dwell in peace with the assurance and promises of Abraham. We have the assurance and confidence because Jesus is who he says he is. And this is assured to us by scripture and the many prophecies that have been fulfilled about him. Everything that was written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. Notice Jesus doesn't say some things. He doesn't say many things. He says everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. You know, we could spend months and years expanding upon this one statement, but for today, we're going to have to cut it a little short. For just two of the prophecies about Jesus to come true would be a mathematical miracle. Yet, there were over 300 prophecies about Jesus, many that were fulfilled in his own lifetime, and there are some still to come. From his birth to his death, the Old Testament prophets told of his coming, they told of his torture, they told of his mocking, they even told of people casting lots for his clothes. We can be assured that the Jesus we follow and have put our faith in is who he says he is. We can put fear aside knowing on the third day he indeed did rise from the grave and now sits at the right hand of the Father. Scripture tells us that death has been defeated and there will be a resurrection and we will partake in that resurrection with him. Romans 6, 4 says, We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Jesus predicted three times in the book of Luke his resurrection, and three times they missed it. But it is this resurrection from the death that gives us the hope that we have. It is because he rose from the grave that we have the hope and the assurance of eternal life. It is perhaps one of the greatest events in history to this day. There's going to be suffering in our lives. That is a reality. That reality, though, is overshadowed by the fact that we have Hope. Hope not in some man-made ideology. Hope not in ourselves. Hope not in anything of this world, but hope in Jesus. The person that we worship, our Lord and Savior. Jesus who fulfilled the prophecies and died on the cross for our sins, bearing the full weight of what we deserve. Jesus who died and was buried only to rise on the third day. Our hope is in Jesus who ascended into heaven to take his throne and now rules over heaven and earth. Even in our darkest times, that should bring us joy and peace. Where there is faith, there is no room for fear. If you focus on him who saves, I will tell you there is nothing that will stand against you. 
Scripture declares that even the gates of hell will not prevail. How can the world prevail against us? How can your troubles prevail against you? Because neither height nor depth nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of our God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He is indeed our salvation. And we can understand this unlike the apostles because we have the whole picture. And yet there are those who still doubt. There are those who are still looking for salvation where salvation cannot be found. The road we are on, the road to the cross, is a cross that leads to salvation. It is a road that leads to hope, hope and an eternal life with our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a road that is not free from tribulation. It is not a road that doesn't have potholes and some road construction along the way, or maybe even a few accidents. But it is a road that does not have any fear because we ride with Christ. We walk with him on this road and it leads us to peace. It leads us to hope. It leads us to the cross. Father, I pray that as we continue to look at Scripture, we continue to see the hope that you provide for us. I pray for those who are in times of trouble that they focus upon you, upon your sovereignty and your guidance, your grace and your mercy, for you are full of that. You are faithful and true to your children and your elect. Father, we pray that those who don't know you that you take their heart of stone, you turn it into a heart of flesh, and that they focus upon you, that you give them the peace that only a relationship with you can give. We thank you for your son who came and died on the cross, bearing the full weight of our sins, only to rise on the third day, even defeating death, who now rules over heaven and earth. He is our King, our Lord, and our Savior. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're encouraged by the words in today's podcast. We can trust in Jesus because Scripture says we can, because he fulfilled the prophecy. He is who he says he is. And in that, there is hope. In that, there is peace. And we pray that that peace is with you every day and every moment of your life. And until we meet again, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. The sun shine warmly upon your face. And our Lord, King, and Savior hold you gently in his hands. <music>